Welcome, everybody. We got episode 23 of Devil's Army Cast on tap for y'all. Um, James, as always, Chris is here as well. Yo, yo, Just yo. A duo for you guys. Chris, hockey, New Jersey Devils, sweater number 23. What comes to mind? Uh, Clarkson's got to be the first one. Yeah, uh, Clarkson's, he wore that number there for a while. Got to yeah. go, uh, Mr. Game 3 hero. Last time Devils were in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, Mr. Stefan N- Nason. <laughs> so, I was wondering um, where you were going with that. <laughs> you'll never, he'll never forget that goal. That's definitely the biggest goal he'll ever score in his career unless something crazy happens. But, um, yeah, he's out in go. San Jose now. He got paid, baby. He got that cheddar. <laughs> Where's he at nowadays? I know he's in San Jose. He just re-signed with San Jose. I, I think it's like okay. a one-year deal. Uh, I think it's above league minimums. minimum. But there you go. So good for him. Um, so that's mm. your little Stefan Nason talk to begin the podcast. Quick rundown of what we'll be discussing. As always, we've got some current news. We're going to go in depth. The Devils made another move. They signed Dmitry Kulikov. We'll talk about that signing. We've got a free agency check-in, NHL-wide. Talk maybe about some guys we still want to see the Devils um, target, what else they need to address. We're going to give you our personal NHL-wide power rankings. So a little preseason, mid-free agency after the draft power rankings for you. And we're just going to give you a couple players we really enjoy watching play the game. We thought this was a cool little little segment to add here. It won't be too long, but just a cool discussion to end us out. So, like I said, current news, not much going on this week. The Penguins announced they fired their assistant general manager. Uh, more coach news. The Devils added two assistant coaches. They added Chris Taylor and Dave Rogalski. Chris Taylor, this move I really, really liked. Um, we posted a little about, about Chris Taylor on our page when the move was first announced. Taylor spent parts of the past three seasons with Rochester Americans at AHL. This is the Buffalo Sabres affiliate. During this time, he registered a very impressive record of 116, 65, and 33. He had the Rochester Americans in the Calder Cup playoffs, both of his first two seasons, and they're on pace to make the playoffs for a third straight season. So he was canned last year. Um, No one really knows why. Just one of those casualties to when Buffalo blew everything up. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. That whole whatever they did. Very weird move. So, but anyway, Devils are a beneficiary of that weird move. Picking up Chris Taylor, adding him to their staff. Like I said, again, really, really great hire here. Taylor did a lot of good things in Rochester. Very happy to see him brought on board. The second move they made was bringing in Dave Rogalski. Dave Rogalski is coming in to serve as the Devils goaltending, uh, goaltending coach. Not much here on Rogalski. Uh, I looked at his elite prospects coaching res- resume, or it might have been um, – I forget what, what website I got this off of. Anyway, he was the goaltending coach for St. Cloud State of the NCAA Division One program, pretty good hockey program, from 2010 yeah. to 2016. After this, he spent time with the USHL as a team consultant. And then the last three years, he spent with the St. Louis Blues as a player development coach. That's all I have for you with Rogalski. I don't know much more about him. He played – he didn't play any NHL hockey or I don't think he really even played in professional hockey. He played some junior hockey as a goaltender. So mm-hmm. not much on him. We'll see how this move goes. But I definitely do like the Chris Taylor move. Yeah. I mean uh, a, a weird 
situation of how he became available, but I like uh, I like most of the Devils' moves so far this offseason, not just with the free agency and the trades, but um, behind the bench as well. Yep. Next thing, we got some Devils prospect news for you. Arseny Gritsuk, which is a Devils prospect, seventh round draft pick. He's lighting it up in Russia or seventh round draft pick. I believe he was seventh round. He's a later round draft pick. Don't hold me to that, though. But he's lighting it up in Russia. He's overplaying the MHL, which is one step below the KHL. Played in, I believe, like seven KHL games. Didn't register a point. They must have sent him down. But he has nine points in only six MHL games, which is great to see. Gritsuk is a really, really fun prospect. One of those later round guys that may actually contribute at the NHL level. So that's a lot of fun to see. Alexander Holtz, Devils first pick in the 2020 NHL entry draft is lighting it up in the SHL. Eight SHL games, six points, four of which are goals. And there are some pretty goals too. The wrist shots, full display, his nasty wrister is all there. Good to see Holtz doing well in the SHL. Igor Sharangovich, Devils prospect, um, played in the AHL last year, ended the season really, really good in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Is lighting it up in the KHL. I mean, it's it's wild to see the numbers putting up. He has 12 points in 18 games, 10 of which are goals. So he has 10 goals and two assists in his 18 KHL games. Really lighting it up up there. He's going to be a dark horse candidate to surprise and make the Devils roster come opening day. I, I really mm-hmm. believe that now. His ending in the AHL is one of the main reasons why the Binghamton Devils did so well. He brought a really good scoring touch in that bottom six, and he's getting promoted more and more during the year. He was really, in the beginning of the year, just served that like fourth line, third line, PKing role. Anyway, that's Igor Sharangovich. Good to know there. Last Devils update we got for you. Jesper Boquist is playing overseas as well. He's in the Alsvikken, which is the Swedish second-tier league. Seven points in seven games for Jesper, so that's good to see. Nice. That's all the news I have. Is there anything you would like to add, Chris? Uh, did we touch on the AHL moving back their oh, start date? That's what I want to say. February 5th is the targeted start date for the AHL. This is a move back date. In my opinion, I don't think there's going to be much of an AHL season. Now worth mentioning, this is a tentative date. They can move it back up if they want to. They can move it back some more. But mm-hmm. I really think they're not going to have much of a season. Keep in mind, these AHL guys, they don't fly to games. They're all bust. And I feel like with COVID, that's even more of an exposure there. You're not – I could be totally wrong. That's just my opinion. But I really don't see there being much of an AHL season this year. I hope I'm wrong. We shall see. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because – the AHL, they can't rely on uh, money from TV deals and stuff like that as much as the NHL can and ratings and stuff like that. They rely more on tickets and butts in the seats. So they're already in an awkward position with that. So I don't know. We'll see. It's a tentative date. We'll see if it holds up, if uh, if they're able to figure out a plan. Um, I hope so. I, I, I don't know if you can necessarily point to the NHL doing the same thing because, like I said, the NHL can make its money off – the TV deals and that it has and everything like that and the ratings um, probably not as much as it normally would just because of what's going on and everything but they don't have to rely 100% on fans in the seat like the AHL does a lot of the times yeah no that totally makes sense so for that reason I'll definitely be pushing to have a season I really hope it happens due to the fact that the Devils have a really fun farm system and they ended mm-hmm. the season last year on an absolute heater down there and they would really deserve to show that that was no fluke 
So I believe now we have all the news for you that we've came up with. We were probably missing stuff, but you know what? It happens. So we'll move to the Kulikov signing now. I believe this was like last week now they signed Dmitry Kulikov. Yeah. So a little background on Kulikov. Uh, left-handed defenseman, six foot one, 204 pounds. Started his career with Florida, then moved to Buffalo for a very short stint. I think it was only a season. Then he spent the past three seasons in Winnipeg. Started out with a huge role. Then the second season when Winnipeg actually had defenseman, he didn't play much of a role at all. I think he was only playing 16 minutes a night. Then last mm-hmm. year, Winnipeg got rid of all their defense, and he was playing 21 minutes a night against really, really tough competition. Kukov signed to only a one-year deal, and it's worth $1.15 million. So um, just a short, bold depth contract here. Mm-hmm. I would honestly expect Kulikov to be in the lineup every single night for the most part. Um, him and Connor Carrick be being that sixth uh, defenseman. I really think the Devils are done addressing their defense. Um, so just I'm trying to think this out now. So you got a Severson-Murray top pairing. Then you got a Butcher-Suban second pairing. Then you got a Ty Smith-Dimitri Kulikov third pairing. That's what's in my head right now. Yeah, I I don't mind it. A little more on Kolkoff there because we didn't really talk about his skill set. We kind of had mixed reactions at first. We we had to delve a little bit more into him. For some reason, when I first heard this sound, I was like, doesn't this guy suck? Um, I was wrong. Well... I was wrong to an extent. Kulkov offensively brings zero to the table. He will not do much of anything for you there. Um, Todd Cordell wrote in his piece that sometimes Kulkov will do something offensively. That'll be like, what was that Dmitry Kulkov that just did that? But besides <laughs> that, he brings nothing to the table offensively. Defensively, he's, he's okay. He's pretty solid. He's above league average defensively. And that's what we want to see here. Devils really need those defensive defensemen. And that's exactly what Kulkov is. Um, like I said, metrics are slightly above league average defensively. Uh, he doesn't, he's not, um, afraid to throw his body around hundred plus hits a year, which is something devil's defensemen rarely mm-hmm. do. So that's good to see. Um, but in the end, it's a, it's a decent signing. Nothing crazy, nothing too bad. It'll do. Yeah, I agree. It's a good defenseman to have. He'll clear out the front of the net while he's out there. Um, good to have that physical element on the back end. Yeah, so that's Dmitry Kulakov. A little Russian action for you there. Um, so free agents, uh, free agent check-in league-wide. Kulakov, of course, to the Devils. The only other really signing that I caught my eyes was Josh Levo went to Calgary. You guys know I was a big Josh Levo guy. I've talked about him probably every single episode, saying how the Devils should bring him in as a depth option. He went to Calgary on a really solid deal. Um, we've seen some restricted free agents get contracts from their own teams, but nothing like too crazy. Uh, from the last episode, I don't think there's anything else really signing wise that has happened. Chris, do you have any off the top of your head? Uh, not that I can think of. Um, I think Florida's still trying to figure out what they're doing with some of their RFAs, same with Tampa, same with the Islanders, but nothing nothing coming out uh, either way, either from those teams or from potential offer sheets, you know? Yeah, so I don't know when we'll see any more of that stuff. But with this in mind, with the moves the Devils have made so far, both me and Chris are pretty sure that they've addressed their defense and their defensemen are going to be the six we said before plus Connor Carrick. So that's going to be their seven defensemen entering the season, mm-hmm. including Ty Smith, of course. Ty Smith's going to make the roster. Don't make yeah. any mistake about it. If he doesn't, you could come back and laugh at me, but I don't think you'll be 
laugh at me because it would just be craziness if he it's didn't huge make he's not having to you know be forced to play top pairing or second pairing like we can start him out on the third pairing which i'm sure he'll do absolutely fine and there's a good chance he could even earn like a second pairing responsibility but it's always good to have that that depth there where you don't got to just throw smith you know straight up against some of the better players that he's going to play against offensively kind of let him get his feet under him at the nhl level a little bit first yeah, well, which is totally true, and I would expect him to start bottom pair as well. Alex Chavonsi, who we've had on the podcast a couple times, he's a member of Devil's Army blog and uh, in a like a higher up role. Um, he's been with us for a while. Actually, said that Ty Smith. He's heard that people don't think Ty Smith may need to be sheltered that mm-hmm. early on in his career. They think he could handle those middle pairing minutes right away and this tougher competition, but we will see. But that's always good to hear, you know? Yeah, for sure. So as the free agency guys are to left, I mean, there's some big names out there, Devils-specific targets, because like we said, Devils probably have their defensive core set with those seven. They got their two goalies. It just comes down to their forward group. They mm-hmm. have pretty considerable hole on the bottom six right side, as me and Chris have stressed for episodes now. Guys that could possibly fill this hole, we've talked about these names. Dominic Cahoon's out there. Um, Andres Anthonisiu's still out there. And Jesus, uh, the Arizona kid, uh, Anthony Duclair's still out there. Both Anthony Suyu and Duclair are really rough defensively, so I don't know if that's what's yeah, keeping teams away from them. A fourth line either. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe they could be a solid scoring death, but I, both of those guys, I've said a couple times on my pieces that I'd rather them stay away from just because they're such a liability defensively. But I prefer each of them to a guy like Brett Cini or like a Michael McLeod or Nathan Bastion, so I wouldn't be too upset if they brought them in. <laughs> Uh, Michael Furleek's out there. He had a rough last year, but he's always one of those death options that could serve down yep. there for you. Dominic Cahoon's the name we've both been saying for a while now. Bring us Dominic Cahoon. He'd be mm-hmm, great in that sure. bottom six. Young yeah, I wanted him too. back when he was in Chicago. Connor Sheary's still out there as far as I know. Um, he's had a career full of scoring goals, scoring points. He'd yeah. be a solid bottom six role. His numbers underlying aren't too great, but I mean, like I said, better than our Brett Senior Michael McLeod. If they don't bring anyone in, it looks like it'll be a Nick Merkley, Yane Kwokanen, maybe if a Igor Sharangovich wins a spot out of camp. I would not like to see it, but Brett Sini maybe. So... <sighs> A team with those guys, some of those guys, nothing against Nick Merkley. I think Nick Merkley deserves a good shot to start on the right side there once camp begins in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But like a guy like Brett Sini or Nathan Bastian, I don't know if that's such a good thing to have them in your bottom two um, lines if you want to win games this year, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm comfortable saying that it – in my mind, it's Merkley's job to lose. I think that's that's the direction that Fitz and the Devils for are going to go spot, in. Yeah, yeah, but they do have two holes one. down there. Yeah, it, on the right Merkley's side. definitely the one you would say out of all the players in the system, he's the one who kind of has a spot right now, and it's his whether he's going to keep it or not through training yeah. camp and everything. I'm comfortable saying that. Um, did we? Is Hoffman still out there? Like Hoffman negotiating is still and stuff? out there, and we talked about it on the last episode too. Yeah. Is for whatever reason the Devils have been mentioned. Um, now, 
you sign him, you bump someone down yeah, from he's the not, top he's six. Not like a, to the bottom yeah, six. You would bump down like an Andres Johnson to the um, third line or Jess Rabrat, which would be perfectly signed, man. Uh, perfectly fine. Imagine a third line including Andres Johansson or Jess Rabrat. That's some scoring depth there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he's still out there. Yeah, I mean, I know the Devils have kicked the tires on him supposedly. I think it's, it's one of those things. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they probably reached out to him and his price is probably too high. I'm willing to bet that's what it is. And the Devils are like, nah, call us when that comes down. Well, it's only going to be a one-year <laughs> deal for him. I'd be very yeah, surprised he's gonna go if the he gets any all term. Right, I'm sure. Yeah, just not as money, but uh, much money, but yeah. Yeah, um, I'm not going to be surprised that Fitz just relies on the system trying to see if these guys can earn those bottom six spots. Um, but there are some guys out there that they could probably get for uh, a decent deal uh, as well. That The Devils have options, which they do. at this stage in free agency is, is usually a good thing. It's yeah. it, it would be worse if there were huge glaring holes still that they didn't address, but these are kind of minor holes in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, they've addressed all their major needs so far. Um, I do still think they really do got to bring someone in for this bottom six. Nick Merkley, fine. Give him a shot. He showed uh, he was solid. Yannick Kwokinen's another guy. I think he'd be like the second man up for those jo- for that job. Um, but besides mm-hmm. that, those are the two I have right now that could possibly fill that role. And then um, your boy Sharon Govich, right? Yeah, Sharon Govich is there Dark too. Horse. If that continues, uh, like we've both mentioned, Brett Sini, if they want to go that route, Michael McLeod, maybe you'll get a chance from day one, and Nathan Bastian as well. There's, I'm sure there's more players I'm missing, but those are the guys that are coming to my head right now. So, um, I don't know if you have anything else to add here for agency, Devils holes, remaining moves. You want to see them make. No, I, I mean, I'm pretty confident we won't really see a, a deal for a bottom six forward. I think Fitz is going to try and have the the kids a in trade? the system try and uh, – I mean, well, we can't rule out a trade. Um, no, I mean, when you say you don't think you'll see a move, do you, you don't think you'll see a trade and free agency signing or just a trade? Uh, just free agency. I could see Fitz making oh, a okay. move um, for, for a bottom six if it makes sense in a trade, but – I don't know. I think I think it's just that he's probably going to want the forwards in the system to try and earn the spot and, and get their legs under him so they can play in the NHL. Um, and then if it's proven that they can't do that, which this would obviously be around like training camp preseason time, then I think you see like a trade or like a signing or something like that. I, th- I think that's Fitz's plan is to go into training camp and preseason, let these guys compete for those bottom six roles. And then if it's clear that they're not going to be able to, you know, step up or it's not the talent level that is needed right now, then I see Fitz making a move then at that point. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I, I, I could totally see that. Now, I'm not going to say, which I don't think you uh, you believe either, that that's the necessarily the right move. I think they definitely do need to address it via free agency. Yeah. But we'll see what his plan is. That could very well be it and just stick with the guys they have in the system, which is which is fine, I guess. But we shall see. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to pick up bottom six guys in free agencies than top six. So 100%. Usually There's a, a lot more of those guys, guys available. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So we'll move now to our power ranking segment. This should be a lot of fun. I'm very interested to see mm-hmm. uh, what route you go. All right, let's go. So I broke mine down like different kind of categories of players. I went with it like that. So who's your top three? One through three. Uh, 
break this down one more time, what, what we're doing here. So we're just basically, you know how you read, like now it's the big thing, it's the NFL power rankings. It's one through 31, the team order of how, they, how good they are, how, what chance they have at making the playoffs or Stanley Cup run. So we're going one through 31, basically ranking the NHL teams. Okay, so we're doing teams, not players, right? Teams. Okay, teams. Um, so 31, I, I, I got Detroit. So okay. I, I have a feeling um, you might be the same there as well. Yeah, I got Detroit Red Wings at 31. Um, 30, let me see. I think I'm going to go with L.A. Um, between two teams, but I think I'm going to go L.A. with 30. Okay, I got the Ottawa Senators at 30, and I got the Senators and the Red Wings as the two teams that are going to be fighting for the best odds in the lottery. And then I have my next group of teams here, 26 through 29. So 29, I got the LA Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, and 28, I got the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, Ottawa was that team I was basically going back and forth with for LA for that 30 spot. So I got Ottawa at 29, um, and then I got... I mean, probably nah, San Jose, I think, just had an off year. I wouldn't put them down there. Probably the Yotes, I would say. I would have okay, the Yotes so at 28. You got, the, you got the Yotes at 28? Yeah. So I had the Blackhawks and Kings at 28 and 29. I got the Anaheim Ducks at 27, and I got the Arizona Coyotes at 26. So I got – let's see. Trying to keep track of my list here. I got – Arizona was the last one I did. Probably Anaheim would be next, in my opinion. I'm trying to like think in terms okay, of their position Anaheim players. At 27. And stuff. Yeah, Anaheim at 27, and then I'm trying to also not think just based off last year, but the moves these teams made this off season. Probably Chicago would be my next one. I know they got um you know Kane and Taves and Keith still yeah, there, but, but that, there's a question got... mark in that, and oh, you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows you know with that core, I don't think they're gonna want to request for a trade but who knows we know they're unhappy with how everything's kind of going down yeah and they literally just sent a message out to their fans saying hey we're gonna we're rebuilding. blow things up yeah <laughs> so um okay so those 26 through 29 teams i said i have them at the like the bad teams but not the like awful teams like the Sanders and red wings so that's my little group of 26 through 29 so now i'm moving to the stretch of teams that i think are outside the playoff battle but they're like on the cusp of being able to battle for a playoff position you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying yeah so at 25 i got the san jose sharks and at 24 i got the buffalo sabers i agree i agree with that list i think i think san jose had a little bit of an off year i don't think they're a team going into next season that you just cross them out as not being a playoff contender they got talent on that team it just comes out in goal time i mean they got dubnik i don't know if that's necessarily an answer between the pipes (laughs) but at least they've tried to address it doug wilson's tried to address it so we'll we'll see if that pans out or not if uh it's the dubnik that was better in minnesota than rather than towards the end there so yeah, I have the Sabres at 24, like I said. The thing with Buffalo, they have a pretty solid forward group, believe it or not, like a really solid forward group, at least yeah. their top six. Their defense worries me, and their goaltending, whoever's playing goalie for them nowadays. Um, they have Hutton still, I believe, is under contract still, and they got Linus Allmark as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that could get a little scary there. Um, 23, I got our New Jersey Devils coming at number 23. I agree. I, I I think they are. 
I think you can put them in the conversation of, as Subban would say, being in the mix uh, for for a shot at the playoffs. But I'm not comfortable guaranteeing that that they pull it off at least this season. But I think I think they'll at least be competitive. I don't think they'll have a season like this year or the previous one. Gotcha. Who you got for 22, 21? 22, 21. I'm looking uh, probably Minnesota for one of them. And then trying to keep in mind these off-season moves and everything. I'd probably say Florida. Okay, so you're going Florida 21 and the Wild 22. Yeah, that's what I got. I got the Rangers at 22. Um, I think last year was a huge fluke. Uh, their defense got – they got worse this offseason. They did not get better. Besides Lafreniere ad, that's mm. huge. But besides that, you have Jack Johnson. The defense got worse, and their defense was already terrible last year. I think they overperformed hugely last year, relying on goaltending. Now, Shesterkin's a beast, and mm. – Korgiev's pretty darn good too, so they're going to have to lean on them, and they'll probably be able to win a decent amount of games with those two. But if one of them gets hurt or their goaltending, something happens, they regress, they're screwed. So I got them at 22, and I got the Columbus Blue Jackets, which is probably going to come back and bite me because they're always a lot better than people peg them to be. I got them at 21. Yeah. So And then 19 and 20 are the last two teams I have in my, like, outside the playoff battle looking in, like, right on the cusp of being in that playoff battle. I got the Wild at 19 and the Panthers at 20. Yeah. I so. mean, I, I kind of view them similarly. They're, they're a team that will linger around the playoffs. Um, can't roll them out. They'll, they'll definitely be competing for a spot. Um, I'd say my next two teams would, would probably be um, – the Columbus Blue Jackets, like you mentioned, and then I, I'd put the Rangers there too. I put them both together because the Rangers, like you said, their defense has gotten a little worse. And then Columbus, we we saw them making all these moves to make all this cap space, and we were expecting them to go after one of the big fish, and they haven't landed either. So, who knows? So now we're moving to my battling for the playoffs position like they're going to be on those teams right in the edge could be a playoff team right on the edge i got vancouver at 18 and i got the winnipeg jets at 17 i agree because vancouver we got to see what if if demco can take over i, I don't think hope is necessarily largely, the starter largely overperformed last year yeah uh, i think i i agree with that i think quinn hughes was monumental as the season went on um the question mark is just going to be if Demko is ready and if he's not, if Holtby can, you know, spot him for a couple games or however they're going to handle it. I think it's a, a, a tandem situation. I don't necessarily think Holtby starts right away, but I think he's there more to push uh, Demko and, and kind of make sure he's progressing. So, yep. So you got that in 17 and 18 and my last two teams in this like playoff battling for a playoff spot, maybe a playoff team may not be is the New York Islanders at 15 and the Nashville Predators at 16. I agree. I mean, um, Nashville has a solid defensive core. Um, Islanders, I don't see them not being able to re-sign Barzell, but of course they need to clear up cap space right now to do it. Yeah, he's um, RSA. He'll be back. Yeah. So pending, you know, barring an offer sheet that like the Islanders can't match for some reason, um, I, I see them being in that same category. And you know, Nashville, they just gotta address. Uh, 
the the goaltending in the forward group. I mean, they they drafted Askarov, I believe, right? They were they were the ones who took him, correct? Yeah, he won't be around for yeah. a couple of years. Um, so it, it just depends if Soros can. Uh, I think he's kind of their guy now. I think Rene, he he's not. He's not the Rene of old. Uh, he, he's Sorry, struggled the past couple of years, though, unfortunately for Nashville. Yeah, I mean, he he, he was promising at one point. Uh, I don't know what happened that caused him to kind of fall off, like, together with um, Rene. So it, it just comes down to what's going on between the pipes there. They, they have a solid decor. Their forward group isn't horrible. They could address it, but um, I agree. Yep. So I'm going to run through our or my 15 through 31 real quick before we move into the uh, like the top half portion. So 15 through 18 are my like teams that are battling for a playoff spot. Maybe a playoff team may not be a playoff team. Toss up. I got the Islanders 15, Preds 16, Jets 17, Canucks 18, 19 through 25 are teams outside the playoff battle, but they're like possibly could be in the, the hunt there come the end of the season, but more than likely not. I got the Wild at 19. Panthers at 20, Jackets at 21, the Rangers at 22, the Devils at 23, Sabres at 24, the Sharks at 25. 26 or 29 are just teams that are not, they're not good, but they're not like the worst of the worst. Yotes mm-hmm. at 26, Ducks at 27, Blackhawks at 28, and Kings at 29, and the last two teams I'll be contending for the first odds in the draft, Ottawa Senators at 30, and the Red Wings at 31. Do you have your list written down? You want to spew them off real quick? I don't have it written down, but I know we're basically pretty close. I mean, you and I have the Kings and the Senators basically flip-flopped for the 29 and 30. Mm -hmm. Um, You and I are basically in the same range for the Rangers. We mentioned that. Um, You have Minnesota a little bit higher than I do. Um, Yep. And then I think I have... Vancouver, probably right around the same spot that you do. I know we're we're very close and we're similar. There's like a couple things where maybe we have like two teams flip flopped for position. So, yep. So going to 14 now. This is the list of teams that should be a playoff team. Mm. But, I mean, weird things happen. The Penguins at 14, and I got the Flyers at 13. Interesting. I I agree. I think um, I think Pittsburgh will still be in it. Um. I think it's clearly that they're putting faith in Jari now. Murray's gone. Um, they did quite the upgrade, bringing in uh, Cody CC for Jack Johnson. Um, <laughs> I mean, you just you can't rule out Pittsburgh as long as Malkin and Crosby are there. And uh, you know, the Flyers kind of fizzled out. They had that crazy run to really push them to the top of the Metro before things kind of came to a halt. And then uh, they, they just didn't look the same during the playoffs or anything. Um, Carter Hart looks like the real deal. He'll need to be. Um, but we'll, we'll see if uh, they can repeat what they did in that 10-game stretch, I believe it was, uh, when they were soaring to the top of the Metro next year. Yeah, so the Penguins are – I like to call them the New York Yang- – uh, the geez, the New England Patriots of the NHL. They're yeah. always not that great of a looking team on paper, but they always get her done. Um, whether that's a um, behind-the-bench type of thing or a whatever it is, probably a Crowley type of deal. Mm. But anyway, I got the Penguins at 14. And the Flyers offseason have been very underwhelming. They added Eric Gustafson, but besides the power play, he's not all that great of a defenseman. Just got to be the Carter Hart show for them again. Um, so agree. we're at 12 and 11 now. Who do you got there? 12 and 11, I'm going to have Montreal uh, in one of those spots. And then I'm not going to put them there. 
probably going to put Calgary. I'm probably going to go Montreal and Calgary, 12 and 11. Okay, so I'm going to have Calgary at 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they got Markstrom. He'll be a nice addition in between the pipes. They and picked up Tanev, team, too. Yeah, that, that team, in my opinion, vastly underperformed last year. Not vastly, but they underperformed a bit last year. I thought they should have been a lot better than they were. Yeah, I got them at 12, and I got the Oilers at 11. It's funny because I wasn't that big of an Oilers guy there. Um in the beginning and mm-hmm. then they made a few moves i really like that tyson berry signing i know he's not perfect in his own end but he's a very cheap very solid offensive defenseman so i like that move um yeah so i got edmonton there at 11 i was debating uh, them so we're moving into our top 10 now um eight nine and ten are my last of like the group of should be a playoff team so eight i got the maple Leafs. nine i got the canadians and ten i got the dallas stars yeah, so I got Oilers, Leafs, um, Stars. So, Ooh, you got the Oilers over the Leafs, huh? Well, I have the Oilers at 10. I was debating between them and um, uh, okay. and, and the Calgary. Way. Yeah, I was gotcha, debating gotcha. between them and Calgary for because it's kind of like you said with Calgary, how they underperformed. I thought that Edmonton was too good, at least on paper. You know, uh, they, they had that weird series against the Blackhawks, which I know drove you crazy, but... um yeah with the canadians bergeron's building them in the salary cap hell but he's adding decent players so like and the team's just for whatever reason performing really solid they brought in jake allen i know the money's stupid but he's a solid backup they got carrier price there still um tyler tofoli's there which is a good addition to the forward group I think they're a pretty solid hockey team. So that's eight through 14. So my poised for a deep playoff run, but not quite like a Stanley Cup favorite. So number seven, I got the Washington Capitals. Who do you got at seven? Yeah, I think think I'm going to go Washington. There's another team I was debating, but I'm going to go Washington, just like you. This other team is going to be the next one I do. The big thing for Washington is getting rid of Braden Holpe. <laughs> I think that instantly <laughs> made them a lot better. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with their other moves. I don't really like that Justin Schultz signing, but I guess anything you add to your back end solid. But mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, go ahead. Give us your sixth team that you're so, talking about. So Carolina would be that next one for me. Um, I'm great forward in group. agreements with good, you. Good Our defensive greens. core. Uh, it just depends if Great you know you believe in, in Reimer and Mrazek as a tandem. If you think that that can get you there, so yep. I think that's I their the biggest question mark. Well. And then I got the Blues at five. I, I agree. I was thinking about the fact they lost Petrangelo, but I remember they brought in Krug. Yeah, Krug. Yeah. So I think Bennington just had a bad playoffs. That's all because he was pretty solid during the regular season. Who's your um, backup there nowadays? Which even. I don't even know. I, I don't even remember. I don't know if they addressed it, if they signed anyone, or if they're just calling someone up. Oh, well. Um, okay, Blues at five, and I got the, excuse me, the Bruins at four. I could see that. Do we know? If, do we know what the deal is with Rask? He's coming back next year, right? I believe he didn't say so. like goodbye forever. Yeah, I know. I Char, think that's a media-driven thing. Yeah, I think Char is still unsigned, but he said he's not going to play anywhere unless it's Boston, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be comfortable putting Boston there as well. Gotcha. So that's my poise for a deep run, but not tight, uh, not quite Stanley Cup favorites. So we're down to the final three, Chris. Who you got at three? 
number three. Gotta go with... Oh, man. These guys could all win it. Um, I gotta go with... Vegas. I gotta put Vegas at three. I am in agreement with you. Agreement with you, my friend. Um, yes. They added Alex Petrangelo, which is absolutely terrific for them. However, they did lose some of their forward depth. Um, Nick Cousins routed. There was a couple mm-hmm. others that left. They traded away um, your your guy Nate Schmidt, but yep. I got them at three. I got at number one. Number one here. I got the Colorado Avalanche checking at number one. That means I the Lightning. I got it too. I agree. I think so. it depends if Tampa can can balance this tightrope of RFAs and Capel. Basically, um, I think Colorado has done some good additions because they're not in a cap serious situation. Um, I Colorado's like. I, yeah, been Joe Sakic knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. And. I think that Frank Hughes will bounce back. Um, he had that pretty – it looked gnarly, uh, that injury he had during the playoffs. I, I just think Colorado is the most complete team and not under the most stress when it comes to, the, like, the salary cap and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I think for them it just comes down to goaltending. I mean, yeah. Grubauer was solid and Frank Wallace was solid when he played. It just comes down to if they could replicate what they did last year. So. Yeah, and I mean, um, they already had a decent decor, and they, they, picked, up, uh, they picked up Devontae's, right? In a He's trade a from the Islanders, yeah, kids yeah, on the so more underrated players in the NHL. So yeah, they got better. Um, <laughs> the, the underrated move that I liked was the uh, the the Brandon Saad trade, right? They got Brandon Saad and they sent away Nikita Zadorov. Yeah, it that's is, a solid one. He's a depth forward for sure. I get Zadorov and Zaitsev confused, but they did send away Zadorov and they got Brandon Saad, who's still a very capable middle six forward, which is yeah. craziness. Anyway. But yeah, that's our power rankings there. Got um, Avs, Lightning, Knights, one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston, St. Louis, Carolina, Capitals, I think are four, five, six, and seven. Yeah. I got the Leafs at nine, Canadians at no. I got the Leafs at eight, Canadians at nine, and the Stars at ten. Chris, if I remember right, you went Dallas, Toronto, Edmonton. Yes. Yep. Um, I went Edmonton at 11, Calgary at 12, Flyers at 13, and the Penguins at 14. Chris, I'm sorry. I forgot what you went here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we went exactly the same. I just had uh, Montreal and Calgary flipped. That's all. Gotcha. All right, cool. So that's our uh, pre-season slash mid-off-season NHL power rankings for you. <laughs> so... Oh, before I end this segment out, I just want to talk about who we think are the most improved teams, the least improved teams, or the teams that have gotten um, worse. So mm. teams that most improved for me, uh, Colorado Avalanche, which is crazy, the Brandon Saad edition, the Devon Tays edition, as we talked about. Yep. <clears throat> I like the moves the Canadians did, besides that Josh Anderson move was kind of weird. I mean, he's still a decent player, but I mean, the Max Domi trading him away was kind of bizarre. But besides that, the Tyler Toffoli move I liked. So um, the Oilers, like I said, I like that Tyson Berry move. Um, Devils, of course, they brought in a lot of good talent. Yeah. And the Sabres, they had themselves a pretty good offseason. Surprised, but Buffalo so far have done a okay job. Yeah, I agree with all those teams, but I'd also throw in the Leafs as well. I think Dubas has done like a good job trying to move some cap around, bringing TJ Brody. Also, you know, I know people are going to, you know, 
yeah, <laughs> I know people are going to get on about the Joe Thornton and the, the Wayne Simmons signings and stuff like that. But the fact is, Toronto needs that. Their, their I don't like the room, Wayne Simmons signing. Their locker room is too um, – I think I think what they need is they need the leadership presence that Joe Thornton, a veteran like that, brings, as well as you know they already had Jason Spezza and they brought him back. Um, Wayne Simmons is that sandpaper, that grit, that that grind forward that I think they also need. They're they're one of those teams that they're just they're too pretty with their play, and that's just never going to get you over the hump in the playoffs. You got to be able to play physical. <laughs> Tampa learned that lesson and and they addressed it, and that's why they won the cup this year. Um, I, yeah, but, I like a lot of the moves Dubas has made for the Leafs, given yeah, their cap my, situation. Patty Maroon and uh, Wayne Sims are two totally different players, so. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I, I I didn't like the Wayne Simmons, uh, Simmons move. He just isn't all that great anymore, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. I did like the Joe Thornton move, and I really really like the TJ Brody move. Um, yeah. Leafs do deserve to be on one of these uh, more improved teams that have a pretty good offseason. Mm-hmm. Least improved, Arizona Coyotes have done a lot of not great things because their cap situation and the whole yeah. scandal with losing draft picks. They had a rough draft um, given they only had like two picks, but Yotes, uh, Blackhawks. Yep, for the sure. players even said like, hey, we're having a bad offseason. The Islanders have lost stuff and they have not made a single signing, I don't believe, like anything worth mentioning, um, but they mm-hmm. have lost a decent amount of things. Uh, Rangers, they somehow made their defense worse. Um... Flyers. I don't like the Eric Gustafson signing, and besides that, they have not done anything. They lost a couple things, and I have the Blue Jackets on this list. Yeah, as well. I was gonna say I'd include the Blue Jackets too, just because, like I said, we kind of expected them with all the moves that were made leading up to free agency. Like, okay, they've got enough cap room to to go after one of the big guys, you know. And uh, I feel like they didn't come away with either one. Um, who knows what's going on with that team? Uh, Yarmo, the GM out there, uh, Kekalainen, he's he's a smart general manager. I mean, the, this team has been pegged not to perform before, and he's he's clearly a guy who's willing to take risks. You can't read him at all. Um, you know, whether it's Yigor, keeping the players at the the trade deadline a couple years ago with Panera and Panarin and Bobrovsky, um, taking Chinakov this year, yeah, going Chinikov. you know Luke Dubois over. Uh, Yes, he pulled Yarvi in the draft, but prior to that, in the past, he's he's a he's a man who's not afraid to uh, take the risk and, and go off the grid a little bit with some of these decisions, and, and it seems to pan out for him for the most part. So, yeah, so that is the end of our power ranking slash like best off season slash worst off season type segment. We're gonna end this out with our favorite players to watch. First, we're gonna give some of the Devils specific players we really enjoy watching. Uh, Chris, give me like one or two that are your favorite to watch. Devils. Are we talking Devils. like the ones that are playing right now overseas, yeah, or are we Devils. talking? Okay. Um, so, so basically, the guys right now that I'm really trying to focus on, um, I'm, I'm focusing on a lot of their draft picks. Most, no, I'm talking about most fun to watch. Like you're you you really enjoy watching these guys play, whether it's because how okay. they look on the you know what I'm talking well, about. Well, it's got to be Brat and Gusev then. I mean, that connection is just dynamic. I I have too much fun watching them play. Um, I think I saw glimpses of Hughes' hockey IQ this year. Um, and that just really got me excited for the future as well. So, you know, even though 
there was not always a connection with what he was trying to do. I could see what he was trying to do. Um, so I'm excited about that. That's going to pan out in the future. And then of course, Nico's a fan favorite as always, you know, that solid two way forward, two way center. So, yeah, I have, uh, I love watching Mackenzie Blackwood play. At, yeah. However old he is, 22 years old or whatever the exact age is. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with how many opportunities the Devils give up. He's always there. always looks good in, in net for the most part. And then Jesper Bratt's also the other guy. Really enjoy watching just the moves he pulls off. They're real subtle too. They're, he's, yeah. he's got some really good hands and stuff. Him it's and Gusev just have a crazy chemistry. Yeah, so Goose is another one that's really a lot of fun to watch. Um, league-wide favorite players to watch, I got Mr. Alex Ovechkin, one of the or the best goal scorer of all time. Uh, Connor McDavid, his skating, his speed, just everything about his game besides his defense is really great. And I know people probably aren't going to like this one, but for the most part, I like how Tom Wilson plays besides the mm. occasional – ugliness but for the most part i really enjoy watching how he uh tries to toe that line and he's not one of those guys like ryan reese who's just out there to hit people he's out there to hit people and score the puck which he does really well so yeah i'm a i'm a big um patrick kane fan i enjoy watching him play also uh, a tj oshi a capital but not tom wilson or ovechkin i just i've always enjoyed watching oshi play um i feel like he he has just such an interesting game he can he can play many different aspects um and then for the longest time i enjoyed watching stamp ghost but he's had some injury issues you know of late so i haven't been able to watch him as much but um those would be my top three gotcha yeah so those are just some players you really enjoy watching so i saw something pretty sad we have been without devil's hockey for 10 months how crazy is that well at least we're gonna get an extended training camp hopefully yeah, but yeah, 10 months without Devils Hockey. I, I think that's true. I heard that. Um, I didn't really do any fact-checking on it, but it sounds about right, maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's all we got for you. Um, I don't know, Chris, do you have anything else would you like to add before we sign off? Let's go Devils, as always. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, but besides that, everyone stay safe out there, and you will hear from us next week. <laughs>